Your Partner in Success Radio is a free business podcast with host Denise Griffiths. It's all about great stories, conversation, and context to help you move your business and life forward with actionable tips and advice from her guest experts. To listen and subscribe, just find us on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you consume your podcasts. Welcome to your Partner in Success Radio. I'm your host, Denise Griffiths, and my guest, Emmy Yamada, says that when you market yourself and your business in an authentic and loving way, you attract authentic and loving clients. When you have a sales conversation that is inspiring, heart-centered, and dedicated to making a difference, your best clients will be thrilled to work with you, and that is true. So in your episode of your Partner in Success Radio today, she is going to share how coaches and service providers can learn to describe what they do with confidence and how to craft a clear, authentic, compelling message that will, as we mentioned, attract the best clients. And this is something all levels of entrepreneurs can benefit from because it's important to regularly check in and define your authentic message as you grow. In fact, in my virtual green room a few minutes ago, I was telling Amy that I've been doing what I do for 20 years and half the time I don't know what it is that I'm supposed to be telling people I do because I do so many things. So this is a great episode for me personally because I need to know how to do a better job of defining what it is that I do. So poor Amy, you're going to have to (laughs) craft with me, I think. It's good to have you here. Tell us a bit about you. Oh, thank you so much, Denise. I'm really happy to be here. And um, wow, a little bit about me. I, you know, it's it's funny because when I whenever I hear a question like that, I'm like, how much time do we have? I know. <laughs> I'm tell my whole long back story. <laughs> but you know, when it comes down to it, I I I'm I'm so passionate about about messaging and communication, and on a deeper level, really focusing on deep connection. And I think the reason why is that I even from a young age, I've been like when I was a little girl, I loved connecting with people and hearing their stories and what they're about and just found it fascinating to just just continuously connect with people and ask them questions. And and as I did that throughout my life, I just found that that was something that I was really passionate about. And so long story short, I I really, you know, brought it into my career and then brought it into launching my entrepreneurial business and found that um, when, when I really looked at the world and I thought about what do I see missing everywhere, it was deep connection, like really connecting with oneself, really connecting with your vision, your dreams, and also deeply connecting with those that you are meant to serve and those around you. And so, um, so I just found that this was a, my entrepreneurial vehicle has been an opportunity for me to really share that, that mission about helping coaches and service providers and really on a deeper level people uh, to really deeply connect with themselves, their vision and others so they can create the impact and as entrepreneurs, the income that they want to create in this world. And listen, this is such perfect timing because so many people, for whatever reason, whether it was COVID, whether it's they're retiring, a lot of people are going out and doing their own thing, whether it's part of the gig economy. Excuse me, my voice is very raspy today, so you may hear me mute so I can cough. That's um, okay. Yeah. It, it could be any number of things that people are saying, listen, I see people coaching. I see people doing webinars. I see people becoming virtual assistants or podcasters. I want to do that. But what is my messaging? Most importantly, I think, to myself. How do I figure out, how do I pull from me what it is that I have to offer and then make that messaging make sense? Listen, like I said, I've been doing this for 20 years if you were to ask me what I do, I'd have to say everything. I do so many things. <laughs> I'm a web developer. I'm a social media marketer. I'm a podcaster. I'm a cat mom. I do everything. And I am to the point right now where if I don't define it better myself, I can't explain it because I've just, mm-hmm. you know, as you grow, you you take on a lot of different cats. And I need to maybe to put some of those those caps into the closet is what I'm thinking. So anyway, let's, <laughs> let's have fun here. Yeah, definitely, definitely. You know, it's, it's funny because when I was earlier on in my business, I I felt the same way. You know, it was just like, oh, there's so many things that I'm passionate about and that I can I can do to help people. And even as I got into my business, I was I was doing so many things. You know, and 
And so I, I struggled with the same thing. And at some point I just thought, gosh, I, I, I really have a hard time answering that question as well. You know, what is it that you do, Amy? And I was like, oh, I, I, would, I would say, well, tell me what you need help with, and I'll tell you if I can help you, you know. Yep, and, been there. Um, yeah, so, so something that really helped me was I, at some point I made a list of all the things that I, I did, you know, and all the things that I was passionate about. I just took a little time with myself to make this list, um, and I found that a lot of entrepreneurs can relate to this in terms of being you know, you know, having multi, you know, multi passions and, and that's like skill sets. And, and I looked for the common thread in all of it. Now, at the beginning, it was very broad, you know, I, I noticed that my, my golden thread common thread was that I loved helping both individuals and businesses grow. But that's really broad, you know, but it was a starting point. And, and, and as I just took action and started connecting with more and more people, then I was over time able to define who I really love to serve the most, you know, like who, who really is my ideal client and really think about one person that, that represents my ideal client, somebody that embodies the characteristics and traits of the type of person I like to help. And it got clearer and clearer as I focused on that one person, which I know can still be difficult, but I just have found whenever I've asked my clients this question, like, well, if you could think about one person that you already know, whether they are a client or not, that embodies the characteristics and traits of your ideal client, who would that be? And every time they are able to just think, like, without overthinking it, I'm like, just drop into your heart. Like, who is that person? And they'll say, you know, Lisa or Kara or John or Michael, right? Like, whatever the name is. Like, okay, what is it about that person? You know, tell me more about that person. So I've just found that when we really connect in with our hearts and allow ourselves to explore who is that person I love to serve the most, we usually can, can define what it is about that person that we love and how, how are we able to make an impact for them. So I would start with that for sure. And that makes perfect sense. And I actually do that with my social media clients. When, when I have somebody, and I have a wait list, by the way, but when somebody comes to me and says, I really want you to take over my social media I have mm-hmm. to ask myself, do you have the same characteristics as the clients that I have been working with for years, some of them a decade or better? Mm-hmm. If you don't, I'm sorry. I can't take you as a client. We're not going to get along well. Mm-hmm. And that's a yeah, tough that's, decision that's to a- make because you're turning away money. You're turning away, you know, building your portfolio. But if you take on the wrong clients, and I've learned this over time, it's going to bite mm-hmm. you right in the fanny, and it may follow you around if you really don't do well with them because of whatever. So choose your clients well is what I'm hearing from mm-hmm. you. Yeah, for sure. I, I definitely learned that lesson too, you know, a few times. Um, and it usually what I found is that in, in those initial conversations with a potential client, I truly believe that deep down inside you can, you can, you can tell if they are an ideal client. You know, not you can. with what they do, but, you know, you can sense, it's kind of like in a relationship, like you can sense that there's some red flags there and listen to those red flags. You know, I, I, there are definitely the times I'm like, oh, I'm sure it'll be fine. And I'm trying to convince myself and then it just doesn't work out. And, and, um, and so it's, it's better to let go of those that are not in alignment with you or you with them. And then really focus on who you really, not just like want to work with, but who would you love to work with? Who would be your dreamiest client? and really come up with some criteria of who that person would be. Just like, um, I mean, I was talking to another friend of mine who's also a mentor, and we were talking about, it's just like when you're dating, you know, like have some criteria for the person you're dating, you know, like what is it that you're looking for? What are the core values? What are you, you know, who do you want to, who do you want to spend time with even? And so I think that it's, it's the same thing in business. You know, it's, it's like have some, have some criteria, have some standards. And instead of, like, I know sometimes um, entrepreneurs will feel like they need to, to chase clients, you know, and I'm like, let's get out of the chasing game and let's really focus on calling forward the right people. And I found that once I really got that piece, it just made the biggest difference. And so in that case, I, I, I no longer was attached the result like attached to like if I'm on a call with somebody this person has to become my client because I need to make a sale you know it's like no let's focus on them and do I believe I can serve them do we believe we're good at alignment you know and then from there decide and if they're not a fit release you know let go create space for the right people to come in 
And I've always done the same thing. I mean, early on, I would take, you know, basically whoever came down the turnpike, and I learned pretty quickly, not a good idea. And if they start Mm -hmm. bargaining with you straight out of the chute, I've had that happen twice over my career, and both times were just catastrophic. No, Mm -hmm. don't, don't do that. But you said something really important, make space for, you know, the people who are your ideal clients and who you're ideal for as well. Listen, nature abhors a vacuum. And I will tell this to people all the time. Oh, you know, I really need, I, I really need that retainer or I need that client. Do you mm-hmm. need Tums when you're talking with them? Are you grabbing for the Pepto-Bismol? You don't need that. <laughs> you know, seriously, let them go exactly. and then let, you know, the world at large know that you're looking for the perfect client and guess what? They're going to show up almost immediately. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. You know, I, I, I had a similar experience Denise where when I was, you know, my first couple of years of business, I, I had that sense of like, I, I need to get these clients and I need to make money because I need to, it was all about me, you know, like I need a portfolio. Yeah. I keep hearing that. Yeah, exactly. Yes, you do. You, but right. you want a happy mm-hmm. portfolio. Exactly. Yes. And, and I realized something that was a real aha moment for me, which was that I was putting my own financial burden and stress like energetically onto my future clients. And once I realized that, I was like, oh, like, that's not fair to them. They're, they are not responsible for my finances. They are not responsible for me at all. And so that's when I realized, I'm like, okay, I'm a grown woman, you know, and I, I can figure this out. And, and so I took on some contract work here and there. That wasn't my, my big dream, but it helped to pay the bills while I was figuring things out in my entrepreneurial business. And, and so I, I just found that that took off the pressure of if I don't get this next client, then my business is going to die immediately. You know, it's like, well, that's not fair to put that pressure on yourself or the person you're talking to. Um, and so that, that was a real game changer. Been there, done it. I actually have a friend and a client who was doing the same thing. And I'll never forget this because it's in keeping with what we're talking about. But he had called mm. me late at night, which normally I don't let my clients do. But he was really in a snit. I mean, not mad at me. He was just, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. I've got to make this happen by Wednesday. You know, you've heard these same things. Mm-hmm. And he, he is a very, he's one of the smartest people I've ever known. And he's a good friend. But he had it in a spreadsheet. He needed to make this much money by this much. And it was just all numbers, all. And I said, doing. I mean, you are basically telling yourself and your clients without them actually hearing from you that they're a numbers game to you. They're not going to come to you. You've got to stop thinking like this and start figuring out what it is, who you serve, how do you show up, what do you bring to the table, how can you genuinely help them with their problems, and tear up that damn spreadsheet, and he did. Mm-hmm. And mm. all of a sudden, things started changing for him. He said it was a huge blow to his ego to hear me say that, because this is how he's always operated. Mm-hmm. But he stopped, and he thought about it, and he you know, meditated or prayed or whatever it was that he did. And he started showing up as a heart-centered entrepreneur, and he's doing amazing work with his clients. But he had to get away from that that financial, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, that we all fall into at some point. Right. Exactly. Oh, I love I love that story because it's, it's so true, isn't it? It's like when we're obsessed about the numbers, and if it doesn't work out, like then that's the energy we bring to everything. But then when we rip it up, I love that you said that, rip it up, throw it away, you know? connect in it just it just makes a big difference it really does I was actually surprised that he listened to me but I think he was just desperate enough to say well let me try something different and fortunately it worked and he he has a different way of communicating with people which is what you and I are talking about networking communicating you know creating Mm -hmm. that story you know creating people who will listen to him and work with him. So I think that's so important. And listen, I love copywriters. I've been the victim of many copywriters. I mean, seriously, haven't we all? I have got mm-hmm. some things that I have paid money for and just went, uh, what was I thinking? Well, the copywriting was terrific. But mm-hmm. we're, we're not 
doing the same thing for ourselves. We're not creating our client attractive message. And that's what we need to do. And that's what I really wanted Mm -hmm. to talk with you about. How do we create that? How do we get out of our own way? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And, you know, there's a few things that I've done that have made a massive difference for me with my business. And then, you know, that's what I help my clients and entrepreneurial friends with as well. So I love, love, love this topic. And something that but one one mantra that I really want to share that has made the biggest difference for me is if ever I get caught up in my head in, in thinking or overthinking messaging or strategy or numbers or, or any of these things, finances, I just take a deep breath, I pause, I drop into my heart and ask myself one question, which is this, how can I make the biggest difference possible? And I just take a moment with that question. And I allow the answer to come through. And I've found that any time I've done this, the right answer has come through. It hasn't come from the strategy or tactic. It's like, how can I make the biggest difference possible? And then I have variations of this question. Who can I make the biggest difference for? What is my skill set that makes the biggest difference for others? And that helps with my messaging. And then I, and then I speak into who is it that I serve and what problem do I help them solve? You know, I, I also tune in and questions to my ideal clients. What is their desired result? Like in their own words, what are, you know, I like to ask them, what is your desired result in relation to what I offer, you know? And, and they will tell you in their own words, and then you can use those words in your messaging when you're speaking to an audience. And so just even knowing, excuse me, that information about who, who they are, what do they want, what are their problems, then I don't think of it as needing an elevator pitch. I think of it as needing to know how to connect with them and communicate with them and have a normal conversation with them. And they will feel that authenticity from you, you know? And this is true. And listen, like I said, I've I've had some of my clients, social media and web development, I've got clients that we've we're on their fifth iteration of their website because they have to be mm-hmm. rebuilt, re you know, redone every once in a while. Some of them with my social media clients have been with me ten years or better. I still ask them what they want, what they need, what's changed, what's going on, what's happening. You can't just assume that you know everything about your client. You better be asking some great questions. Absolutely, absolutely. And something that um, that I that has also helped has been what I call oftentimes messaging, for lack of a better phrase, by the way. <laughs> oftentimes messaging, meaning you can start a sentence with oftentimes and say oftentimes, these type of people come to me because they want X, Y, Z, you know, and, and they're struggling with this. And so, so I'll, I'll give the example of like oftentimes coaches and service-based entrepreneurs come to me because they want to attract more clients, make more money, and make a bigger difference in the world. And what they're struggling with is their messaging. And what they're struggling with is how to communicate the value of what it is they do, right? So, so, so anyone who's tuning in, feel free to use it, steal it, copy it. But if you just start with the word oftentimes and share a brief story of the type of people that come to you. And if you're newer in business, then of course, over time, you'll have that experience of who are the people that come to you and oftentimes what is it that they're wanting and what do they struggle with? And I just have found that when we, when we speak in a way that is very conversational versus very structured and scripted, then people feel a deeper connection with you. This is true. Yes, and I just wrote it down. I will be using that. I'm going to relocate it. So there you go. But, you know, I've had something similar happen here on this podcast, and it was a number of years ago. But what you're talking about is, you know, storytelling and just asking questions is so important because one of my, my guests, fascinating guy, and, you know, he said, well, Denise, what is it that you do? Because a lot of people don't know that I'm not just a podcaster. I have an actual business. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, you know, honestly, I, and this goes back to what we were talking about at the top of the show. I don't know. I do a little bit of everything. I'm basically just a nerd in stilettos. And he said, what? Repeat that. And I said, <laughs> I, and I didn't even know what I'd said. It just, you know, stuff comes out of your mouth. and You're like, Ugh, I don't know. So I, I had to 
stop and think about it. I said, well, I'm a nerd in stilettos. It really looks, my closet looks like Nordstrom's just basically wandered in and threw up out in there. He started laughing. He said, call me when we're done. I want to talk to you. I said, okay. So I called, and I always do. I always call my guests anyway. And he said, Denise, why have you not branded yourself or talked more about being a nerd in stiletto? That is great messaging. Listen, when the PR person for the Academy Awards tells you to do something, you do it. <laughs> so I am basically a nerd in stilettos. And it just came out of a conversation, but I would have never thought of it. It just happened. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Well, because it, it, it's intriguing, right? It's like, well, what does that mean? You know, and, and um, it's, I love that. Very catchy. Well, and it's, it goes back to what you're talking about. We are always in this kind of, we're on our own road, but we don't know things about us that other people observe. So it's important mm-hmm. to listen, isn't it? Because if you want to be able to create a client attracting message, you kind of have to know yourself. And here's the thing, Amy, how many of us really do know what it is that we do? We, we're so busy doing, doing, doing that we may be not taking the time to sit down and, and figure out what it is that we're supposed to tell people how we can actually yeah, help yeah. them. So that's that's why I really wanted you to come in here today because, listen, I'm in that same spot. I've just got too much mm-hmm. going on. And I think, <laughs> you know, I just assume that I am so important that everybody knows what I do. <laughs> right. Yeah, that <laughs> never works well. and <laughs> does it. Yeah, and, and I, I know that even in the green room ahead of time, we were talking about this, but, like, your messaging also evolves over time, right? So it's yes. not like once, once, it's, once it's clear, it's clear forever. It's like, no, it's not, because you and I evolve, our clients evolve, our message evolves, you know, all of it evolves. And so I'm in a similar place even right now. I'm like, I'm, I'm really, you know, I, I just got back from a vacation, and I'm, I've had some chance to really connect in, and I'm, I'm evolving my message, you know, and thinking about how, uh, you know, the, my my ideal clients now are a bit more established. You know, they're not completely new. I I do have some newer clients, newer newer entrepreneurs, I should say. But my ideal client is is an entrepreneur that's a bit more established, and their needs are different than a newer entrepreneur. And so I've been asking them, and I'm even you know while I was traveling, I thought, gosh, this would be a really fun opportunity for me to to create a panel of my ideal clients. And whether I connect with them one-on-one or, or jump on a group Zoom call and just ask them some questions, it's a great chance for me to dig a little bit deeper. But one of the things that I keep hearing from them is that they want to scale their business to seven figures and beyond, but they want to do it in a way where they're not working 24-7, where they still have a life and time with their family and their loved ones and personal time, you know. And so, so I'm hearing different things than I heard when I was early on in business, you know, coaching entrepreneurs when they're talking about how do I attract my first client, you know. So, so I'm just like, okay, I get to, you know, roll my sleeves again, connect in and really think about my ideal client now from today's vantage point and do the deeper work. And the reason why I love doing the deeper work is that it's in a way it's like dedicating that work to your future clients, you know, dedicating that time and and that consideration and that, that compassion to care enough about them to say, okay, I'm going to carve out some time and really think about them or reach out to them and ask them questions because, it's about building and deepening relationships, you know, when you're building and, and growing your business. So I'm excited to, to roll up my sleeves again and do that. I love that. I'm doing something very similar. We can talk about it later because I think we have mm-hmm. some uh, same ideas. Listen, what we're talking about storytelling. So when mm-hmm. you want, you're trying to attract your ideal clients, once you define to yourself who those clients are, I think that's step mm-hmm. number one. But what is the right way to tell a story that draws clients to you? Once you've done your homework and with you, it's going mm-hmm. to be these, these calls and I'm guessing some case studies. What do you do next? Yeah, you know, I, I love this question uh, because at some point, I, since I was hearing a lot of questions around storytelling, I, I, I basically reverse, reverse engineered how I do my storytelling and I broke it down to three simple steps. And so the first, you know, it's called PSR, Problem, Solution, Result. And so in the story, it's helpful to share what the problem was that either you had or someone had that you helped, and then share what was the solution that you discovered or the solution that you helped someone through. 
And then what was the result, the positive result that happened because you discovered the solution or helped somebody with the solution? And so what I found is that when we, when we share it in that very simplified framework, then it tells a story of how you overcame something and what was the result of that. And so, so for example, I have so many stories over the course of my entrepreneurial journey. And so I can speak into, you know, like, okay, if I, if I were to connect in right now and think about uh, one of my ideal clients, okay, so someone's coming to my mind right now and she, she is a, a more established entrepreneur. Her name's Melissa. And I know that she is one of the, one of the clients that has said, like, I, I want to scale my business and grow to a seven figure. She's a coach and she wants to create a seven figure plus business. And she wants to do it in a way that feels aligned with her and where she has time with her family. So I could, so at first I connect in with, see, I'm like connecting in with the person. And I think about when was I in a similar place? Because I found that usually my ideal clients, they are in a place that I've been before, you know, so I can say to her, you know, if I would share a story, I would say, Hey, you know, I, I totally understand where you're coming from. You know, I remember when I was, I had built a six figure coaching business, but I was feeling kind of stuck and I felt like I was working 24 seven and I remember one day sitting in my home office, staring at my laptop screen and saying, something has got to change because I'm working back to back to back. So here's what I did. And I can go on to share a story of like the three main things that I did to, you know, build a team and leverage my time and create systems. And as a result, I now have time, you know, I, I now have time with my family. I have time to take vacations. I have time for myself. So I would, I would go deeper into it, but but just sharing what the problem was, what the solution was, and what the result was. And this framework I've used over and over and over again, you know, and it just has been really helpful to be able to share a story that also shares your message and how you help people. Okay, I wrote that down, but I'm going to get you to repeat it, PSR. Yes. So in case yes. people missed it, let's, one more time. Yep, yep. The, the storytelling framework is PSR, problem, solution, Result. Problem, so solution, result. It's almost mm -hmm. a case study that you did on yourself. Yeah, exactly. And it's also a framework that you can use for your client. Like if you have a client testimonial, if you have a client that has had a great win with you, you can ask them to provide a testimonial and you can ask them to share it in this framework and say, you know, can you share the testimonial in a way where you share what your problem was before you came to me, you know, what was the thing that you learned from me or the, the product or service you purchased from me, whatever it is that you offer, right, and what the result was. Because otherwise, if you have, like, a super fan who's like, oh, my God, I love Denise. She's so amazing, and she was so great to work with, and we just got along really like, – they might say some loving things, right? But that's not going to help someone who's reading the testimonial if they have a specific problem. So it's oh, just, that's it's brilliant. A, Thank you. Isn't that cool? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so I, now, now I tell my Hey, can you use PSR when you share your testimonial? Right. <laughs> like, what was the main problem that you had? Like, oh, yeah, I was struggling with this. I'm like, great, say that in your testimonial because it'll make a difference for other people. So it's fun. Yeah. And a good place for that is LinkedIn. I mean, you're always wanting to go mm -hmm. into LinkedIn if you're business to business, which most of us are, and go in there mm -hmm. and ask the people who have been on your podcast or you built them a website or you're, they're a client of yours. And, I mean, mm -hmm. it's reciprocal. Obviously, you're going to have to do the same thing for them, but that's just brilliant. Okay, everybody go to LinkedIn mm -hmm. and do this, PSR. Right, exactly, exactly. Well, because that people, so this is what I've noticed, is that when it comes to messaging, it's about speaking to, I always like to say speak into your ideal client, like really speak to their soul. Speak to, you know, where, where they are now, where they want to go and how you believe you can help them, you know, with your product, program, service, or opportunity. And when you do that in the form of storytelling, then the, your ideal client will be able to see themselves in your story, and they'll say, I want that. I want that to be my story, you know? So storytelling is everything. If we get too into, you know, telling them what to do or how to use the product, it's like, well, tell the story about it. Tell your story, and they will, it will open up possibility for them. It really does. And, you know, storytelling has been around forever. I mean, it was storytelling before mm -hmm. we had the written word or whatever it was. It was hammered into, you know, blocks of wood or blocks of stone. I mean, storytelling is important. It's how our history is handed down. It's how we 
communicate with other people. And it seems to me, Amy, that it's just recently, on this podcast in particular, we've been talking a lot about storytelling, which makes me very mm-hmm. happy because I think it's such a critical component of how we express mm-hmm. ourselves. And I'm not talking about lying storytelling. I'm talk- like, Mom, it wasn't yeah. me that broke that window. <laughs> That's a storytelling <laughs> It was him, <laughs> but yeah. storytelling is important, and I'm so glad we're talking about this. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, especially, I mean, I know that there are those who want to do more speaking or, you know, have their own podcast or, or host their own webinars and whatnot, and what I've found is that it's it's the storytelling that makes the biggest difference for the audience not the step-by-step process, you know, even, even though it, for those that teach things like that or offer specific, you know, tactics or services that, you know, sure, share with them what it is that you do, but what's going to create the real connection is when you share stories. And I, I, I didn't get this at the beginning because I'm like, I would think to myself like, well, who's going to care about my story? Yeah, it's not about just sharing Yep, yeah. I'm a techie nerd. I have a computer science degree. Nobody cares. Trust me. Nobody cares about that. They just want to know how I can help them. But for, you know, the first year or two, I was like, okay, we can do this. HTML, blah, 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 blah. Bored the, the cheapers out of anybody who happened to come across me. I'm telling you, it was mm-hmm. terrible. Exactly, exactly. And even some of the, what I've, what I've learned over the years is even some of the more vulnerable stories that can still drive, drive home a point can be really powerful. You know, that, that was the part that I, I didn't get until I started speaking on stages. And, and sometimes it was, it was the story that I initially didn't want to share that I ultimately decided, you know what, I'm going to peel back the layers and share the vulnerable story that I don't want to share. Not because it's all about me and attention or anything like that, but it's because I believe this story will connect with people and open up possibility and make a difference for them, you know? And sometimes, sometimes it's the hard stuff, you know, like, uh, for me, like my, my mom passed away back in 2010 and it was sooner in life than I would have ever anticipated. But the reason why I'm sharing this is that it, like when, when I've shared this on a stage, I've spoken into it from a place of, it was going to that experience of losing my mother that, really made me realize like wow I'm really not in this human being experience forever and so if there are things that I want to do I get to do them and I get to do them now you know and just really speaking into like if there's something that speaking to the audience you know you're saying if there's something that you really want to do like if there's something that's been deep in your heart and you've been putting it off and putting it off like don't wait anymore you know because life is so precious and you just we're not promised any number of days not to be morbid about it but just to really realize how precious life is and to just say, okay, I'm no longer going to want for this. I'm committed to it. I'm going to make it happen because deep down inside, this is part of my calling. This is my dream. This is my mission. And I'm going to go all in on it, you know? And so, so when I, whenever I've shared my more vulnerable stories that are not easy to share, I've found that it's connected with my audience on a deeper level. And there's like, oh, wow. Like, or they might have their own stories of loss or a life awakening experience of something that made them realize something about themselves and then they've been willing to share with me what that was for them. And then they take that inspired action. It's super exciting to, to witness. Uh, yes, it is. You just said something really important, your dreams and your missions. What if somebody doesn't know what those are just yet? What conversations should they have with themselves? Yeah. I, yeah. I love this question. Back to deep connection, like really deeply connecting with yourself, your authentic voice. I like to do it in the form of journaling and, and having quiet space and even just asking myself, like, what, you know, Amy, what do you want? You know, just a simple question. And then, like, I, so I might even write it down and I'll say, what do I want? And I'll write some of the, maybe some of the initial things that come to my heart and mind. And then I might say to myself, like, on a deeper level, what do you want? How do you want to make an impact? How, you know, like what, you know, so I'll just I'll just allow myself to go within and see, like, what are the questions that arise about myself? And it's okay to not have, like, full clear answer. But at least when you start asking yourself, or I should speak for myself, like, when I've asked myself these questions, it has planted a seed within myself of, of inquiry, of being curious about what are my soul's desires? Like, what do I truly want? And I think it's important to take that time to actually 
gain clarity on that. Plus, just like the messaging, it evolves over time, you know. And so I found that ultimately when I, when I think about anything that I've ever truly wanted in my life, it was when I created space to become clear and specific on what it was that it came to fruition and usually came to fruition sooner. If, if I'm just going through the motions and like in scarcity and lack mode, you know, then, then I, I, I get stressed out and anxious. It's like, okay, take a deep breath, you know, get clear again, get connected in. What is it that you want? And, and if it's too big of a question, then like, cause I'll ask my clients this as well. I'll say, well, what do you know you want for sure within the next year? If there's still an, I don't know, I'll say, Hey, what do you know for sure that you want your daily life to look like? And that usually can help someone who hasn't taken time to do this to think about, because usually they can at least focus on one day. Like if I could have my, my dream life and not just the, the, the dream life on a, in a day that you're like on, you know, on an Island you know, on the beaches and sipping pina coladas or whatever, but on a normal day, right? Like what time would you want to wake up? Where would you want to live? What was your, what would your home look like? Who would you be living with? You know, what would that, what would your, what would your relationships look like? Would you want to live alone or with someone or with your family or whatever? Like just kind of getting specific. What, what, what does that dreamy daily life look like from the moment you wake up to the moment you go to sleep and then look at how are you living your life now and how much of it is the same as what your vision is. And if it's, if you're noticing a lot of things that are different, then what's one tweak that you can make today that will make it more in alignment with what you truly want? And just little by little, it can open up possibility, and then you get clearer and clearer with what you want ultimately. That is brilliant. And once you start taking these steps mentally, emotionally, things just happen. You know, you're talking about journaling. I try it. I don't do well with journaling. But what mm-hmm. I have learned through trial and tribulation, if you will, is that I speak it out loud, whatever it is Mm. that I am really wanting to bring into my life. And I live alone. So I'm, you know, I can talk Mm -hmm. to myself all day long and I do, (laughs) But, (laughs) but I'm not speaking to myself at that moment. I'm speaking to a wider audience, the universe, if you will. And I will stop, take a deep breath, stand up straight and speak out loud what it is that I need to bring into my life and why I need to bring in it. Or if I don't know the why, I'll ask for the why. And it works. It really does. Because I'm not just depending on my poor little tired brain. I'm asking the universe for assistance. I'm asking people like you for assistance. It always shows up. Always. Maybe not in the way I wanted. Sometimes it's within an hour. Sometimes it's a year later. But it always shows up. Mm, I love that. I love that. I, I just wrote that down. I'm like, okay, I'm going to do that. <laughs> Stand, I love it that. works. Say it out yep. loud. Say what it is and why. I love that. That's powerful. Why? And, you know, you're not saying, yeah. okay, I need $1,000 in my bank account by 2 o'clock. I mean, that's ridiculous. But if you will stand up, take a deep breath, go within and say, you know what? Amy's right. I'm only here for a while. I don't know if I'm going to be here tonight at midnight. This is what I want to do now, and this is how I want to serve, or this is what I want to create, or this is how I want to better myself. Whatever it is, go deep and then put it out to the world. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. And it almost makes sense. (laughs) So I'm listening to myself going, okay, people are going to think you're a lunatic. I'm not. This is how I operate. So what else do you want to tell people about their story? I know you've got other stories that you can share. Mm -hmm. You know, when it comes to, to, are you talking about my story or just about storytelling in general? Your story. When you talked earlier about, you know, going up on stage and having to make a decision to, now, be a little bit more vulnerable. Was there a moment mm-hmm. where you just decided, okay, I've got this speech made, but I'm going to change it? Did that happen? Yeah, it did, actually. It's funny that you asked that question. It was, it was when I was on a virtual stage, basically, and, and what happened was I, it was, it was, I was a few years into my business, and I was starting to really gain momentum and, and create some really like great results for my business. And and um, I was in a mastermind of other entrepreneurs, you know, group coaching program and community. And my colleagues were noticing me basically crushing it in my business. <laughs> and I was like, Amy, what is it that you're doing? How are you doing it? You know, and, 
And so we were on a group call and, and even the mentor was asking me to share. And I, I, I just, I, I was just sharing what I thought they wanted to hear. I was like, Oh, I'm just, you know, I'm connecting with people. I'm making off, I'm booking sales calls. I'm making offers like, yeah, but how, 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 how? And, and so something opened up within me and it was just like, just tell them, even if you're afraid of what they're going to say or think of you basically. And so I said, okay, this is how I'm doing it. It's actually not a how, it's kind of a way of being. I said, I, I went from focusing on selling and being attached to results, thinking about every single call that I have with a prospective client is no longer a sales call. It's a make a difference call. My only job on that call is to make a difference. And, and, I, and I think about every call as a blessing, as a way for me to connect with people. I said, there's you know, nearly 8 billion people on this planet. And I've done some research, and, and most of us will meet about 10,000 of them. That's 0.000001% of the entire world's population. So every single connection to me is a miracle. Like the fact that Denise and I have connected today is a miracle. You're one of my people. And I get chills every time I think about that. And so on this call, I shared vulnerably my honest thoughts of how I approach my business, how I approach every potential client how I treat my team. And I was afraid of what people would think of me like, Oh, that's weird. Or that's, that's not going to work for me. But the opposite happened. My colleagues started to request me to speak on their stages and say, can you share that with my audience? Can you talk, speak into that? And I was like, Oh, (laughs) I didn't know this was going to have that effect. And that, that was a really big moment for me to realize my message is so much more than a tactic. It's so much more than a service I provide. It's about speaking my truth and knowing that it's not going to resonate with everybody, but those it resonates with, it'll resonate deeply. A game changer for me. And I started to really pay attention to what are the questions that I'm getting? Like, what are my frequently asked questions that I'm getting from people? And it was usually around how, how, how. But what I would speak into is the space around deep connection and making the biggest difference possible and not making it about me and my agenda. And so... That was big, big aha for me. I love it. Your message is more than a tactic, and it's a make a difference call. I just wrote mm-hmm. that down. That is absolutely <laughs> brilliant. And I agree with you. I mean, I have a lot of sales calls, and most of them are, they work because they're not sales calls. You know, people have tried to reach me. They want to know how they can either get a website or get social media or become on, you know, come on my podcast. It's not mm-hmm. about making money for me. It's me listening like I'm doing with you. I'm listening very intently. I'm scribbling down notes. And I'm going mm-hmm. to take away a lot more from this than I think you are, but we'll see. I hope you take something from it. <laughs> but you're Absolutely. right. It's it can't be about, I've got to make that sale, I've got to make that sale. You have just hamstrung yourself. And I know that sounds counterintuitive, but you really have. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And it, it also, the great thing about all this is that when we really focus on serving and making, a, like truly making a difference, it takes the pressure off. You know, it, it does. really takes pressure and if we get into our heads like, oh, I need to make the sale, like what we were talking about, like, I, if, I, if this doesn't work, then, you know, all sorts of bad things are going to happen. It's like, okay, but if you really drop into your heart and focus on serving and making offers when you believe you can make a bigger difference for someone by providing your service or product or opportunity, then, then make that offer. Like even making an offer is making a difference, you know, so that's a part of it. So you can, you can grow and scale your business as large as you want it to be as you stay in that service and compassion-based energy, it just works. And, I, I, and I'm no different. Like, I certainly can sometimes go back to an old thought process of, like, what if this doesn't work? You know, like, it, it doesn't go away no matter how much, how long I've been in business, no matter what I've created. I can still have the limiting beliefs and the doubts and the fears come up. But I, I've just really been in a committed practice of, like, okay, get out of your own way, Amy. <laughs> like, take a deep breath, connect in. You know, who do I get to be today? How can I make the biggest difference possible? And what is it that I'm wanting to create? And when I find that when I really deeply connect in with that authenticity within, then the messaging flows through much easier. And I speak into, like, what is it? I don't find right. 
It does. Mm-hmm. And this is going to sound, again, counterintuitive, but when you are really listening and you're really trying to help somebody and be of service to them, sometimes the best answer is no. Either mm-hmm. you're not ready for me or I really am, I'm not the best person for this, but let, let me recommend somebody who is. I do that a lot. Sometimes mm-hmm. your best answer is, no, I'm so sorry, but, and go from there. Yeah, exactly. And, and referring to somebody else or another uh, resource is also making a difference for them, right? It just, yes. it just makes it easier. You know, I, I don't think I'm the right fit or what, what you're speaking is not what I offer, but here's, here's something else that you can do or here's someone else that I can refer you to. And they will be so appreciative because it's honest, you know, and so and with an integrity. And so it just works better. It really does. And a lot of people think, yeah, but I need that retainer. I need that money. Yes, you do. But a good fit mm-hmm. is right around the corner. Just hang on a bit. They're coming. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. And then, you know, it's just about being resourceful. I mean, there, there've certainly been times, especially, you know, the first few years of business where I had those moments where I was freaked out and like, how am I going to do this? And, and, uh, and that's when I thought, okay, I, I just, I get to be resourceful, you know, and, and trust that as long as I'm continuously connecting with people and making offers to the right ones, the, the most ideal clients. And in the meantime, cause I know I can just sense somebody's tuning in right now and they're like, yeah, but you don't understand. Like I'm in, I'm in this place or I, I, I'm, I'm not there yet. Well then I, I really love the quote. I believe it was Tony Robbins, but I'm not sure if he said it first, but it's not about your resources. It's about your resourcefulness. And, you know, there are times I'm like, okay, I get to look into, you know, getting a business line of credit or a loan or, um, you know, using a credit card, even if I don't want to. Like, I I just knew that that was, those were steps that I needed to take when the money wasn't there right in that moment when I needed it, then I would find another way, you know, as a, as a, as a temporary solution. And I found that it's just, yeah. And a lot of people, I mean, when, when early on in my business, I thought, okay, I need to really kind of cut the fat here. And I don't go to Starbucks mm-hmm. and I'm a coffee drinker, but that would be my first thing to stop going. <laughs> Starbucks, mm-hmm. cut cable, you know, turn your air conditioner, you know, move that needle, just do what you need to do. Listen, the first year that I was in business, I went and I cut and I found about $2,000 worth of stuff that I didn't need or didn't want. And you know what some of it was? And everybody listen to this. Go into your PayPal account and look for those subscriptions. Marketers mm-hmm. on you to not pay attention if it's only 20 bucks a month. Don't get yep. caught in that. Get rid of the subscriptions that you haven't looked at or gone into for over a year. You're going to find that those can be fairly substantial once you add them up. Just start looking around. Clean up your environment and then get busy with clients. And, you know, now you've cleaned mm-hmm. up your messes. Now you can feel more confident about helping them with theirs. So true. I have my, I have my team every six months now, even in my business, go through all of our, because we use a lot of different platforms, you know, online. Mm-hmm. And at one point, I will admit that I was not connected with my numbers. And I was not connected with what was going out every month on platforms we were not using. Or, you know, we, we might have platforms that do the same thing that provide the same thing, you know? And so we're like, why are we paying for two when we're only using this one really, you know? And so we saw where there was just a lot of money leaks and um, just, just we're on a canceling spree. <laughs> and it was like saving thousands of dollars, if not more in a year. And it just was game changer. So now every six months we reevaluate all the platforms that we're using in my business. And we just make sure that like, are we using it? Is it effective? Do we want to ship to another one or, are we good? You know, and so that is, and that's great in your personal life as well, of course, you know, all those little subscriptions that we can easily click on because they, they do make it very easy to just click on things and then you're paying for something for life. <laughs> you know? So Yeah, and you don't realize it until you go back and right. look at it. So I cut several thousand dollars out, you know, in the course of a year and none mm-hmm. of it has been managed. You know, they haven't snuck back in because I'm keeping an eye. <laughs> it's like, oh, no, you don't. Right, right. Uh, right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay, Probably. we've got about ten. Excuse me, we've got about ten more minutes. What else would you like to share with our audience? We've been talking about, you know, how to tell your story, how to figure out mm-hmm. who 
is your your ideal client how to present yourself as an you know ideal person mm-hmm. for them to come to or not maybe they are you know maybe mm-hmm. you are maybe they're not what else would you like to share yeah well something else that has has really uh, made an impact in my business has been to to create and offer high ticket packages I know this doesn't align with everybody, but I, I do want to speak into it only because, again, I, I always think about what's made it the biggest difference for me as well as my clients. And um, earlier on as, as a coach, and this can be relevant to service-based entrepreneurs as well, but early on as a, as a coach, I, you know, I, I had all these little packages. You know, it was a one-off session, a three-session three package, a 12 you know, all these packages were small, meaning, you know, anywhere from $197 to uh, maybe $1,000, which seemed really big at the time. And so I, I would, I would onboard a client here and there, but it wasn't, again, I always come back to making the difference, right? It wasn't making the biggest difference possible for them. And it certainly wasn't creating a sustainable or, or scalable business for me. And so I remember the first time I decided to take a step back, look at the big picture and create one signature high ticket package. And in my case, what that looked like was a six month private coaching package which was either $5,000 upfront in full, or they could do a monthly payment plan for $997 per month for six months. And even though I was really nervous about offering this package, I just thought, okay, Amy, just try, you know, just try it. And the second time I, I offered this package, the woman that I, I made this offer to not only said yes, but she chose to pay upfront in full. And so she handed me her credit card for a $5,000 payment. And then within a month, two other entrepreneurs did the same thing. So I had my first ever $15,000 cash in-house month. And I thought, wow, this, this is working. Yes, this, this is good. Um, and, uh, and so that's when I decided moving forward that I would offer high ticket. And, and in the coaching industry, high ticket is considered anything that's as a total $2,000 or more. Of course, you can take what's relevant in, in any industry. But that, that was a game changer. And, um, and so over the years, I have also you know, taught my clients this in terms of when you're thinking about how you can make the biggest difference possible and creating packages and offers, think about, like, instead of thinking about like, well, who's going to pay this or how am I going to find these people? Let's take some time and connect in and think about what is the best and most I can offer my ideal client and creating a package that represents that and then putting what is the investment for it on it. And, you know, fast forward to today, I've had packages that are anywhere from 5,000 to 50, as in five zero, fifty thousand. 50,000. And it's, it's something that at one point in my journey, I would have thought, oh, there's no way anyone would ever buy a $50,000 package for me, you know? And now I know entrepreneurs that sell much, much higher amounts, you know, a $100,000 coaching package or mastermind or, or a service. And, um, and again, it's not about slapping a high, high price tag on something. It's about really thinking about who, you know, who is it that you want to serve? How do you want to solve their problems, help them achieve what they want to achieve? And then what is it that you're offering them that can help them with that? So, again, I, I know that that may not be relevant to everyone, but for anyone who's meant to hear that message, then just know you can create a high-ticket package and connect with your ideal clients and make offers. And over time, like, I truly believe that you'll be able to be successful with that if you learn how to do it. And that's an important thing to think about. And I can almost hear people thinking, yeah, but I don't have an audience. How would I, how would I even mm-hmm. do this? But you do have an audience. You just need to connect with them and work mm-hmm. with them. And I don't mean work with them like them hire you. I mean, be out there, be of service, yes. whether it's through your blog, whether it's through, you know, webinars, whatever it is, people will mm-hmm. find you when they're ready. They will. Exactly, exactly. And it's just about consistently putting yourself out there. And you learn as you go, right? You learn as you take action. And I used to be such a perfectionist. I'd like, I got to plan things out for months and months and months. Like, no, go out there and actually do something, you know, go out there and actually talk to people and from whatever platform that is. And and over time, you'll learn, you know, it's about, you know, connecting with more new people over time, and then figuring out what is your like, this is what I like to think about. What is your aligned client attraction system and the reason why I use the word aligned is that what works for me may not work for you like it, what what I love the most may not be the thing you love the most right so from the front end you know it's about 
attracting more people that are your ideal clients. So building that audience in whatever way that you want to do that. If you want to do that through some form of email list building or social media or a YouTube channel or a podcast, like there's many different ways to attract people on the front end. And then it's about nurturing that relationship consistently, you know, meaning connecting with your audience on a consistent basis. And then it's about making offers. And so once you get that aligned client attraction system dialed in, it makes everything easier. And it can feel like a lot at the beginning, but once you just get into it and continue to do that, and for anyone who's more advanced, you know what I'm talking about, right? It's just like, then, then it's about consistently refining your message, connecting with your audience, and making offers, and then, of course, fulfillment, obviously, on the back end. So, um, but it, it does get... Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, no. I was, was going to say, it gets easier over time. It does. And... Listen, these things can take time. I mean, you can't just pop up on social media. Nobody's ever heard of you and say, hey, I'm a, you know, I'm a podcaster or I'm this or I'm that. And here's mm-hmm. my stuff. Go buy it. Oh, my gosh. Really? <laughs> exactly. I see it. Sadly, I see it happen a lot. And I don't know if it's just really poor planning or really bad advice or they just don't know. And that's the purpose of what we're talking about today. It's, you know, go ahead and figure out what it is that you want to do, how you want to show up, how you want to be of service and plan it. Obviously you have to have some kind of a strategy, but just start, start and go and refine it as you go. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And the, the way I like to look, look at it, I love that you're speaking into, you know, have, you know, building a relationship with your audience because it, it really is about treating it like a relationship, you know? So, you know, I've, I've had so many people reach out to me via like messenger, or, you know, different ways of direct messaging me. And they'll, they'll say something like, Hey, Amy, I have this thing that you might be interested in. Here's a link. And I'm like, you don't even know me. Like, it's like proposing before we've even met, you know? Yeah, we haven't had coffee. That drives me crazy. Right. It's like, can we have coffee? I don't right. drink coffee, so, but still, yep. it's like, come it's on, back it up. Yeah. How would you treat it if this was a relationship? It was the first time we ever met, like, truly. Like, if we met for the first time in person, what would you say to me, right? Like, is that what you would really say? I don't think so. You'd probably, like, get to know me better, ask some questions, you know? And so it, it just, it helps to think of it as like, okay, if I'm building a relationship with my audience, how do I want to show up in relation, like as if this were a one-on-one relationship with someone? And it's so much, you know, in my opinion, so much better. It, it, it is. And Amy, the thing is, I think some of us are still stuck on the old networking thing. You know, they, they're confusing relationship building with networking. And when I think networking, mm-hmm. I think of, you know, walking into a room and I've got my little, you know, tab on my my collar so people can look at me and say, hello, Denise, and what is it that you do? Oh, my God. And then they buttonhole <laughs> you. They grab you by the shirt and like, let go of me. That is not networking. Don't do that. <laughs> Just, yeah. I still have creepies about that. It's like, ugh. Yeah, and it's and – I- I love this that you're talking about this, Denise, because there's there are ways to attract people, right? It's like how are you putting yourself out there and attracting people to you so that they're reaching out to you, you know? So, yes, you know that we could speak for hours on this on like the different ways to grow your audience and to connect with them. But I found that over the years, you know, as I started to build my audience and and build that relationship, their you know their booking calls with with me or booking calls with my team. And so they're, we're basically saying, hey, we're going to keep providing value for you. We're just going to keep putting value out there for you so you can get an appetizer of what it looks like to work with myself and my community. And if you want to go further, then book a call with us and we'll ask you some questions and see if it's a fit. If it's a fit, we'll, we'll make an offer, you know, and, and then you can decide. And so it just, it's been really great to consistently, you know, connect with the audience, build the audience, connect with the audience, and for those who are the right fit, make an offer. That's just how, like, to, to really keep it as simple as possible. And and know that there's going to be, I mean, just like in life, right, you're going to have the ups and downs, and there are times that you know, something's going to flop. You know, if you have a big launch or something, something's going to flop. It happens to all of us. It doesn't matter how experienced you are. Um, but it's in those moments to not take it personally and just know that, okay, this is part of growing. This is part of the journey. And I'm going to get back up, learn the lessons, and I'm going to go 
go again, you know, keep going. So this has been a consistent personal development journey for sure. And one thing entrepreneurs learn very early on, if it wasn't already built into their DNA, is that we have to have cast iron stomachs. We're going to have failures every day. They may be small. They may be whoppers. But you get up and you just keep on going. You find a way around it, under it, blow it up and start over. But, you know, we we just don't stop. Listen, we are out of time. And I have so much to ask you. I actually want you to come back (laughs) if you don't mind. And we can talk about workshops and, you know, rates and just all kinds of things. Oh, good, good, good. But anyway, tell people where they can find you before I let you go. Oh, sure. I mean, everything of mine is under my name, Amy Yamada. So go to amyyamada.com. On you know social media, you can look up Amy Yamada. Like everything is under my name, and um, and so would would love to stay connected. And if there's anything I can do to support, I'm I'm here. Great. Thank you, Amy. It's been really fascinating speaking with you, and I thank you for all the terrific tips and the advice and just the heart-centered stories that you've shared with our audience. And before we say goodbye, I would like to remind our audience to be sure to look for us in iTunes and anywhere else you consume your business podcasts. Honestly, you can't throw a stick on the Internet without hitting your partner in Success Radio. So just look for us and take us along on your success journey. Amy, thank you so much. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's been so lovely connecting with you and the audience. Get your voice heard. If you would like to launch your own far-reaching podcast, contact Denise Griffiths at yourofficeontheweb.com and go to the podcast tab. With Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.